Howdy, riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 59 of the Riffs or Die podcast for January 12th, 2021. I haven't talked to you in a while, so I gotta tell you a very late Happy New Year! I hope all your festivities were fun and safe. I hope you got to hang out with family or friends and contemplate how this year has a lot of potential to be way better than last year. We'll see what happens here. Prepared for the worst, hoping for the best. I need you guys to help me out here. I need you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, send it over to your friends. Tell your friends about it. Let's get more people hearing the ideas of freedom, liberty, and critical thought. That sounds good to me. How about you? If that sounds good to you, definitely don't feel shy about sending this over to some friends or family that you think might enjoy it. Of course, you guys can also send me emails, any questions or comments for the show. Send them over to podcast at riffsordie.com. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. There's a lot of cool merch in there, cool t-shirts that you might enjoy. There's also stickers, pins, posters, and the occasional rare limited edition items. If you want discounts for the web store, you got to go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe to be a patron. It doesn't matter which level you sign up at, all the tiers on Patreon have an included discount code for the web store. So make sure you go check that out. And people that sign up at the $10 level or higher have access to the monthly Zoom hangouts. We're going to be doing two of them this month. So go on Patreon, sign up at the $10 level, and then keep your eyes peeled for the Zoom hangouts that are coming up. You guys can hang out with me in real time, pick my brain about whatever you want, and it's always fun to see your beautiful faces. So this week I got some news that someone that I know passed away, a guy named Paul Rath. He played in a band down in Mexico called Cerberus. Paul and his father both passed away in a car accident. And it's really sad because both of them were very, very nice and generous people. I hung out with Paul a number of times, partied with him. He came out to some shows and uh, I hung out with him at NAM, and also hung out with him and his father went out to get some food one time. They were both super cool people. And uh, he was an amazing guitar player. So that's going to be my musical recommendation for the week, the band Cerberus. I'll put a link to the band in the description for this episode. So check that out. If you like shredding guitar, you might be way into it. So rest in peace, Paul and your father. You know, it was a real good reminder that if you care about somebody, if you love somebody, let them know, because you never know what's going to happen. If you got someone you care about, please let them know that you care about them. It might completely make their day, and it might be the last chance you ever get to say something to them. You never know. And I know there's a lot of people that have lost friends or lost uh, connections with family members over the events of the last couple years. And I'm here to tell you, don't let that shit happen. If you have issue with somebody and you already were at odds, whatever, that is what it is. But if you've lost friends or family connections over COVID stuff, over politics, over medical choices, 
That's really sad. That shouldn't happen. I know things are divisive and this, that, and the other, but that's a really, really dumb reason to stop being friends with somebody. So if you're in a situation like that, maybe just sit the person down and be like, hey, we got our differences, but we can still be pals. And if the other person's not willing to accept that, then uh, I guess it's really their loss. Open minds, open hearts, very beneficial, especially in these times. Like the song says, we all need somebody to lean on. So if you're um, eviscerating your list of people to lean on because of politics or COVID nonsense, I would just recommend don't do that. Don't let that happen. And the people that you care about, let them know that you care about them. Call up your friends, shoot them an email, shoot them a text. Go hang out with them, give them a hug. Well, what's going on in the world? Looks like a lot has gone down since the last time I spoke with you guys. One of the most interesting things that I've seen recently is that in Germany, they announced that people that only took two shots are no longer going to be allowed to come into restaurants without a negative test. People that got a booster will be allowed to come in, which is still incredibly illogical since we all know that people that have gotten boosted are still catching and spreading the disease. So there's no logic in this. doesn't appear to be about health, just about control. The German government is doing a good job of following in the footsteps of their predecessors. So now people that complied and took two shots are now going to be considered unvacillinated. Ain't that a B? Now, when I saw this headline, the first thing that popped into my mind was the Brothers Johnson song, Welcome to the Club. The club of quote-unquote unvacillinated people is getting bigger and bigger, and it will continue to be so because there's people that complied the first time that won't do it again. The facade seems to be withering away, and I love it. It's a good thing. But what's not good is doing things like Germany. You're going to start banning even more people from coming into your establishments unless they comply with something that violates international law. The Nuremberg Code strictly forbids people from being forced or coerced into taking experimental medicines. Now, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I know that in the U.S., none of the injections... Hear me, none of the injections are FDA approved. The Food and Drug Administration has not approved any of the medical injections that are being forced or coerced onto people. They are all merely emergency use authorized. Now, there was the big news about one of these injections from Pfizer becoming FDA approved. Here's the thing. The FDA did approve a COVID drug, but it's not available anywhere in the U.S. The drug they approved is called Comirnaty, and Comirnaty is not available anywhere in the United States of America. So still, all of these injections that are being forced and coerced on people are not actually approved. They're all just authorized under emergency use. 
status. Totally violates not only U.S. law, but violates international law via the Nuremberg Code. How they're getting away with this for this long, I do not know. They're counting on people being ignorant. They're counting on people not knowing what's going on. So the more you know, the easier it is going to be to battle this stuff. Knowledge is power, but knowledge is only really powerful when you implement it. Knowledge without action is kind of useless. So action, whether that means standing up for yourself at the grocery store, at a restaurant, at a bar, at your work, whatever it may be, do it. You have that power. Be actionable. Be powerful. It's never going to get easier to resist tyranny. The easiest it's ever going to be is right now. Also, I saw that the CEO of Pfizer went on TV sometime this week, and he basically said, yeah, the, uh, the first two shots have very little to no effect on preventing infection. But he was pushing the third one, saying that the booster will help prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and death. And then right after he said that, he followed it up with, but if you get the third one, you're going to be more likely to catch the disease. So there it is straight from the horse's mouth that these things aren't working the way they were advertised. And that if you get the booster, yeah, it might help you out a little bit, but you're also going to be more likely to catch the disease. This ain't me saying it. This is the CEO of Pfizer. Now, if you're going to try to go find that video, I'm not sure if it's going to be available on YouTube. You might have to go to a YouTube alternative like BitChute or Odyssey or Rumble or something like that. But it's out there. I saw it with my own eyes, heard it straight from the horse's mouth on corporate media. They're starting to admit that this stuff doesn't work. Even the guys that are selling it say it doesn't really work. Not for prevention, anyway. Oh, yes. And the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, has come out now and said what the crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists have been saying for over a year. She went on TV and was doing a bunch of interviews saying that over 75% of deaths with COVID since the beginning of all this were in people that had at least four comorbidities. That sounded like crazy talk a year ago when other people were saying it, but now here they are saying exactly what the crazy people were saying. Over 75% of deaths with COVID had people with four or more comorbidities. So these were people that were already struggling with their health and were already in a bad state and were probably going to die anyway. But they tested positive for the Rona and now they're counted as a Rona death despite the comorbidities. It's amazing how the goalposts keep shifting. Originally, it was only the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist types saying this information. Now you have the director of the CDC saying this exact same information. It's pretty entertaining, to be honest with you. So add another point to the scoreboard for the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists. 
Starting to have a pretty good track record these days. And of course, we got people like Fauci going on TV saying that there needs to be a distinction between people that died from COVID and people that died with COVID. Isn't that funny? Now, all of a sudden, they care about whether COVID was the cause of death or if it just happened to be there when the person died. Interesting how we have midterm elections coming up this year, and all of a sudden, they're trying to downplay COVID. Like, yeah, yeah, actually, it's not as bad as we originally told you for the last two years straight. It's not that bad. It's, uh, you know, kind of more mild. We really need to start making distinctions between died from COVID and died with COVID. Interesting. Little election is coming up soon, and now all of a sudden they sound reasonable. And by reasonable, I mean they sound like the people that they called purveyors of misinformation and conspiracy theorists a year ago. Funny that. Almost seems like it's not about science, but instead about politics. What do you know? Who could have ever seen that kind of a thing happening? Oh, gee, let me think. The people that were paying attention. Quite funny, quite interesting. But I'm glad that the information's finally becoming mainstream and out there, being told to people by the original masterminds of the propaganda. It's a beautiful sight to behold. They're finally starting to make sense and say the things that the quote-unquote crazy people were saying the whole time. As I've said many other times before, but it's even more true now, the narrative keeps crumbling. The narrative keeps collapsing, and I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Lots of fun stuff going on in the world. I saw that California is wanting to get rid of failing grades, make it to where you cannot fail school. They'll just pass you, give you a high school diploma, even if you can't read or write or do math. That's fun. Nothing to see here, folks. Not like the movie Idiocracy at all. I also saw that they're arresting people in New York City for dining at restaurants without a Vax Pass. That's all good and fun. Nothing like Nazi Germany whatsoever, huh? People get all offended when you bring up the comparison between Nazi Germany and what was going on there in the 30s and 40s and what's happening now in places all over the world and America. But let's be real, folks. That's not a very big stretch. It's not really too different from how that shit started. No one is arguing that we're doing the gas chambers and loading people into train cars to send them to concentration camps. Yet, no one is saying that. We're saying that what was happening in Nazi Germany in the 30s and 40s that led to that stuff is very similar to what we're experiencing today. That is not a crazy comparison. That is not completely unfounded. Anybody that doesn't see the connection, I don't know how they're going to see it. Are they going to wait until they're loading people up into train cars and sending them to the gas chamber before they finally admit, yeah, this does seem a little bit familiar like Nazi Germany. Maybe that's what it'll take. But even at that, so many people are so fucking brainwashed, they'll still deny it. Oh, that's not really happening. No, that's just a crazy conspiracy theory. Is it really? 
In Australia, they're locking people up in camps. If you test positive, they'll come and rip you out of your fucking house and send you to a camp and detain you. And even if you get out of the camp, there was people that escaped that one in Howard Springs in Australia. There was people that escaped. They tested negative and then they broke out of the camp. They were later found and arrested and brought back in. After testing negative for COVID. Now, why were they arrested? Because even after testing negative, they were supposed to stay in the camp for another like five days, maybe a week, something like that. This is how it started, folks. This is not just crazy talk. This is literally the exact same kind of stuff that happened that led to the Holocaust. To not see the comparison is just dumbfounding to me. I don't get it. How can you not see the similarities between what led to the Holocaust and what's happening today in some parts of the world? It's a perfectly reasonable and perfectly fair comparison. Key words. What led to the Holocaust. I guess I only need to stress that distinction because people will misinterpret my words even if I said it three times already. What a time to be alive. Crazy shit. It's happening all around the world. And uh, the thing with you need a third shot to enter restaurants in Germany. I heard from people in France and Canada saying that they're also going to be doing the same thing. I can't help but wonder, when are people going to put their foot down and say this is enough? The people have the power. Case in point, look at what just happened this week in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan just overthrew their government. Or at least attempted to. They started arresting politicians. They started arresting police officers that did not join the movement. And military members. A lot of the highest ranking politicians in Kazakhstan fled the country. And the people legitimately started overthrowing their own government. And they burned down government buildings and they burned down banks. They've had enough. Now that is an insurrection. People that are still talking about how the U.S. had an insurrection on January 6th, 2020, get real. Look up the definition of insurrection. It is not when people walk into a government building and start taking selfies. An insurrection is when people take up arms and start executing politicians and start killing people that are running the government and legitimately take over functions of government and literally overthrow the government. That is an insurrection. What happened in the U.S. last January at the Capitol building? Sorry to burst your bubble, some of you, but that was not an insurrection. That was some weird nonsense that maybe shouldn't have happened. Maybe it should have. I don't know. I don't have a super strong opinion about what happened because what happened was not anywhere close to an insurrection. Now, you're listening to a man that wrote a song called Hang Em High talking about political corruption. Talking about the people that rule over us as if they're our masters and we are their slaves instead of being public servants. So you can probably guess where my head is about whether or not we need some sort of an overthrow of corrupt government and politicians. But that's all I'm going to say on that. If you want to know where my head is, maybe just go listen to that song. <laughs> Hang them high. 
And that song is not about high fives. It's also not about Christmas lights. So good job, Kazakhstan. You did something great. You stood up for yourself and you started eliminating some of your problems. It sounds like you had an infestation of corruption at the highest levels and you did something about it. Kudos, hats off to you. That's fucking awesome. Made me really happy to see that news. And as Borat would say, very nice. I like. We'll see what pans out and comes out of that. But uh, definitely there's going to be some weirdness there for a while. Rebuilding, trying to figure out the monetary system, figure out business, economics, governmental structure. There's a lot of stuff they're going to have to do to get things back to normal-ish. But I wonder what's going to play out over there. I'll be definitely trying to keep tabs on that. I'll update you guys if I find out anything interesting about the Kazakhstan actual insurrection. Keep it locked in right here on the Riffs or Die podcast. Your number one place for Kazakhstan news coming from Denver, Colorado. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And not too long ago, I watched a movie that I hadn't seen since it came out in theaters. And I would highly recommend it to all of you guys. It's called Children of Men. Now, in Children of Men, there's a virus that comes around and they start injecting people with the uh, antidote for the virus, right? And what happens is it sterilizes the entire human population. People are unable to have children for 18 years in the movie here. And it's action-packed. It's a really good story. The storyline is excellent, and um, the dystopia that is portrayed in the movie doesn't seem too far off from where things are headed. Kind of scary, but excellent flick. You should check it out. Children of Men. And there was one thing that caught me very interesting (laughs) in the movie. So this virus comes out. People can't have children for 18 years. And one thing that I noticed is on the license plate of the guy's car that he's driving in one scene, they show the license plate very clearly. And the license plate has the numbers 2039 on it. 2039. That's about uh, 18 years after 2021. Is there something to that? I don't know. Could just be coincidental for sure. But I thought that was interesting. They're saying people are all sterile. They can't have kids for 18 years. And then the license plate says 2039. Real interesting how the massive rollout of these jabs that we know cause some fertility issues was rolled out in 2021. Coincidence? Possibly. Even more than possibly, probably a strong maybe. And coincidentally, maybe means the same as maybe not. That reminds me of an old George Carlin joke. He said, some people view the glass as half empty. Some view the glass as half full. I view the glass as being two times too big. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, let's uh, jump into some of your emails here. I want to answer a couple of emails, and then we'll wrap this baby up with a nice little bow on top and then get things back on track to talk to you again next week. I've got a really cool interview coming up tomorrow. 
And hopefully I can get that all chopped up and put it out next week for y'all. If not, it'll come out in a couple weeks, but let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. There's no uh, weird recording issues or internet issues and the interview will go off without a hitch. Looking forward to that. Let's see what happy. All right. This one says solo. Uh-oh. I don't do those very often. Let's see what this says. It says, hey, David, that's a good start. I like where this is going. Been listening to Havoc since before Conformicide and your podcast for about six months now. Just wondering if you'd ever considered doing like a solo sort of album where you just really let loose on the things you think and believe, or would you consider Havoc, especially V and Conformicide, where you lyrically let it all hang out? Cheers from North Carolina. North Kakalaki? Well, thanks for writing in. Uh, solo stuff. Have I ever considered doing a solo album where I just let loose on the things I think and believe? Uh, I mean... I would love to make some solo music someday where I get to play the drums and the bass and everything because that would just be a, a good, fun project to do. And it wouldn't be as metal as Havoc. No way, because Havoc is there for the heavy stuff. But what your question includes here about me considering V and Conformicide, where I lyrically let it all hang out, I would agree with that. Unnatural Selection, Conformicide, and V... I let a lot of stuff hang out on those recordings. There's a lot of songs on those recordings where the lyrics I'm very happy with and think I got a lot of stuff off of my chest. And a lot of people honestly have been talking about, oh man, I can't wait for the next Havoc album to hear what you guys talk about. Well, I kind of already said everything on the last few records, so I wouldn't know exactly where to start. There's um, not a lot that I didn't say on the last handful of records that could be said now. A lot of the stuff that is relevant today and pertains to what we're going through right now has already been said years before it took place. So uh, not to pat myself on the back, but it's honestly a little disturbing how accurate and relevant some of the old Havoc lyrics have become, Uh, especially considering V was all wrapped up in September of 2019 It came out in May of 2020, but we stopped recording September of 2019, well before COVID was ever heard of. So any of the lyrics that you're hearing from Havoc Music is stuff that was written well before our current situation. So as far as letting it all hang out lyrically, I I would just say, yeah, go go back to some of the older records because it's all there. I unloaded a lot of my brain power and the things that I feel strongly about into those albums. I poured a lot of my brain juice into those songs. Thanks for writing in. That was a great question. Oh, and by the way, I did something that I haven't done since V last night. I actually started writing some new music. What? I just uh, got a spark last night at... I don't know, 9 p.m. or so. I was like, yeah, I want to write a fast, heavy song. And so I started in on it. The song's like halfway fleshed out, but I need to tweak some things. But amazing. For the first time since V, there is new Havoc music kind of uh, being worked on. Now we have a bunch of stuff in our riff pile left over from previous records that we haven't used. There's a bunch of good material that we haven't put out yet. So that's all been sitting there. But as far as new stuff, new inspiration, 
stuff that's been worked on recently, that hasn't really happened since V until last night. So I'm very excited to start getting those gears turning again. Just thought I'd let you all know. So maybe there will be a new Havoc record next year? Hmm? We'll see what happy. Moving on to another email. This one says, question. Hello, my question is, in your opinion, what is the main contributing reasons for so many past members of the band, Havoc, to walk away? I'm asking this because Havoc is one of, if not the top band in Thrash today, and my personal favorite, listening every day. And from a fan's point of view, it's completely insane that a member would leave a band, especially one as established and as kick-ass as Havoc. Are you guys that hard to work with? Or maybe creative differences? There must be one or two reasons linked to every departure. Of course, if you do not wish to answer this, you can just not reply, or you can simply tell me to mind my own goddamn business. (laughs) But I think it's a decent question, and I'm looking forward to a possible interesting answer. Thank you for your time. From Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Well, speaking of Ontario, Canada, I saw that very soon there there's going to be some voting on a bill to make it to where if you are not poked, you cannot vote. You're not going to be considered a citizen who can vote for how things go in your own area. How fucked up is that? The people that are being discriminated against and oppressed the most are not going to have any say on their direct immediate living situation. I can't even begin to describe how much that irritates me and really just blows my mind. The things are getting that far. But anyway, back to your question. Um, the main contributing reasons for so many past members of the band to walk away. Well, I've said this in other interviews before, and I'll say it here again. Uh, you know, we've had people leave for pretty much every reason you could think of. They got married. They didn't want to tour anymore. They didn't want to practice. They couldn't hang and and keep up and play their stuff right. Personality conflicts, creative differences. People have had personal issues that they needed to work out and the band just wasn't a thing to uh, take care of. It wasn't a priority, you know. They had other stuff going on. Drug and alcohol problems. All kinds of stuff. And if we are difficult to uh, work with, yeah, maybe that's a possibility because we take this stuff pretty seriously and we're not just fucking around. We're not weekend warriors. We're trying to make a career out of this. So when people are not, uh, you know, with the program and doing their part and pulling their weight, that's going to create a lot of friction. So maybe part of it is being difficult to work with in the eyes of some, but there are people that are hungry and that are down to put in the work. And those people have stuck around. <laughs> Pete and Reese have now been in the band for more than 10 years. So there's uh, something going on there. But me being difficult to work with personally, yeah, probably at times. I'm sure I am. But like I said, there's been uh, every reason under the sun for people to walk away or get canned from the band. There's been so many different reasons that it's happened. It's not always been the same thing. But that's all right. We're still chugging along, still kicking. And although the situation in the world right now is really funky, things are good. Everyone's happy. Everyone's doing uh, their own thing. And we will convene somewhere in the middle and start getting some new music put together sometime soon. 
But good question. That's some stuff, like I said, I've answered it in other interviews before. But there you go. I hope that was a concise, thorough answer for you. Thanks a lot for sending the question. If you guys want to send in your questions, definitely do it. Send them over to me at podcast at riffsordie.com and maybe I will read yours here on the show. Please and thank you. That about does her for this episode, guys and gals and zimzers and they thems. I appreciate you guys listening all the way till the end. Y'all are the best. Thanks a lot for the support. Share this stuff around if you like what you hear. Don't forget to go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch, and go to patreon.com slash riffsordie if you want to be in the Zoom hangouts. I look forward to doing a couple of those this month. Keep your peepers open for when those are scheduled if you're a Patreon subscriber. Until next time, folks, I'll talk to you all very soon. Happy New Year. I hope you're doing well, and don't give up the fight. Like Bob Marley said, get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up, don't give up the fight. Fight tyranny, spread liberty, wherever, whenever possible. We're going to all be much better off. I appreciate you all tuning in. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Take care of yourselves and each other. Love you. Bye-bye.